You are listening to episode 11 of the Student Motivation Nation podcast. We can do this. Welcome to Student Motivation Nation, where we take psychological research out of the lab and into your classroom. And now your host, Melissa Feasting. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of the Student Motivation Nation podcast. I hope you're having a lovely week. This month, we're talking about teaching strategies to support your students' intrinsic motivation. Now, if you haven't listened to episode nine of the podcast, you're going to need to please go back and listen to episode nine before coming back here, because things will make a lot more sense if you listen to episode nine first. So, but please do come back. I want you here. Okay? Now that everyone's all caught up, as I mentioned, we're talking this month about ways to support your students' intrinsic motivation. Now, motivation falls upon a spectrum of whether it's due to mostly external reasons. So, for instance, external pressures, threats, rewards, punish, potential punishments, complying to really strict rules, and then ranges as it becomes more internal and self-relevant to your student ending with the best kind of extrinsic motivation, that is when your students have integrated regulation and they are really motivated in your class because they know it fulfills a goal that's super relevant to them, but it's not because they just enjoy the task. And then to the purest form of motivation, which is intrinsic motivation. And this is when your students are doing their schoolwork just for its pure enjoyment and to fulfill no other goal other than that. As motivation becomes increasingly internal to the self and self-authored, this is when motivation starts to be more likely to predict persistence and success and performance. Not all motivation is created equal. In this episode, we're going to be talking about one of the three psychological needs that you can leverage in your classroom to support intrinsic motivation. The more you support three fundamental psychological needs in your classroom, the more likely it is that your students will be experiencing more intrinsic motivation or at least increasingly more internal motivation. And this week we're going to be talking about competence. Human beings fundamentally have a need to feel competent, that they're progressing, and that they feel like they can succeed. This need has also been called self-efficacy. But in the self-determination theory world, they have a little different phrase for it. It's pretty much the same thing, competence. The more that your students feel a sense of competence and self-efficacy in your class or subject, the more likely it is that they'll be experiencing more internal motivation. And this is because feeling competent is such a fundamental need that once students start to feel more competent in something, it starts to make them wonder, oh, maybe I'm doing this because I'm good at it. Or feeling as though they're good at it might in itself be an internal reason for keeping on going. Importantly, there's a lot of things that you can do to be supporting your students' feelings of competence and self-efficacy in the classroom. The more that you can have your feedback downplaying evaluation and emphasizing efficacy, the better. So what does this look like? Oh, you did this part well, but you can improve on this one, this part, and I know that you can improve on this part. 
So this is looking like constructive feedback and maybe a bit of compliment sandwich stuff going on too. It's also important for you to give your students optimally challenging work. You may have a pretty good idea of what optimally challenging is for your students. So try to go for optimally challenging. Too little challenge and they feel as though it's not even hard, so it doesn't have any factor on how I feel I'm good at this. But if it's too challenging, it feels as though this insurmountable obstacle that they'll never, never get out of. But for this week's teaching tweak, we're going to talk about a final thing that you can do to help support competence and self-efficacy in your class. And that is how you react to and talk about mistakes in learning. Now, I don't know about you, but as I'm learning, I make tons of mistakes. Some are little, some are not so little, but mistakes, honestly, at least for me, are a part and a very important part of the learning process. However, students may not be predisposed to see mistakes this way. There's prevalent stereotypes out there that mistakes can be a really good thing and part of learning, you know, those inspirational quotes. But there's also stereotypes and beliefs out there that mistakes sort of signal that you, you're not cut out for something, that if you make a misstep, it suggests you just don't have what it takes. So for this week's teaching tweak, I want you to think about whenever how you talk about mistakes in your class, how you talk about mistakes interfacing with learning, and how you treat your students after they've made a mistake, big or small. It's important for you to signal in as many ways that you can that mistakes are an important part of learning. This helps communicate to your students that even if they have a misstep, that they can continue on and still succeed in the future, and that it helps them maintain that feeling of self-efficacy and competence even in the face of failure. So failure is not going to feel good and it's not going to feel good for self-efficacy, but they may be more likely to bounce back and still feel competent if you say, you know, mistakes happen. I know you can do better in the future. Other than giving your students direct messages about the fact that mistakes are an important part of learning, what does this look like in a more formal teacher tweak way? I think grading can actually be a really cool context that you can use to help support your students' feeling of competence and self-efficacy. I think even little cues might help. So for instance, if your student makes an MLA mistake or a Chicago-style mistake, consider not counting off every single mistake they make if they're you know consistently doing that and just say, hey, yeah, you made the mistake for this, but don't keep docking them for every single little error. If you're more in the math realm or a realm where things build on each other, consider not grading people off on whether they only got the right answer, but whether they had the right process. So for instance, I can imagine there's a lot of subjects, and especially in math, where if you don't get one of those calculations right, you plug it into the next and that doesn't make it right, but your students might still be doing the processes right. So think about if there's a way to not penalize your students for every single mistake, but still communicate to them that this was a mistake, you can do it in the future, but not keep penalizing them. You can find this episode's show notes at www.studentmotivationnation.com slash 11. If you really like this episode, I encourage you to share it with a friend who would also love to learn some tips on how to support competence and intrinsic motivation.
I hope you have a lovely week. And until next time, I hope you get out there and educate and motivate. Hope to see you soon. Thank you for listening to the Student Motivation Nation podcast. You can find us on the web at www.studentmotivationnation.com. Hope to see you there.